What is up, hoopers, analytics, bad guys, bucket getters, boosters, blue bloods, and new bloods? On today's episode, we are talking about tournament time, conference tournaments coming up. We're going to look at the smaller teams and the smaller conferences and what they're looking to get done before the big dance, who's going to punch their ticket. We're also going to be doing a little bit of belt watch and breaking down the Big East big bet between Austin King and Josh Linke. What is up, Hoop World? My name is Tuck Clary. I write for Busting Brackets and Slipper Silfits. Joining me today, he's the editor of Zagaholic and the most suggestive pollster as of January 2022. It's Josh Linky. Hey, Tuck. When he's not praying the rosary for Cooley's Friars, he's updating his LinkedIn to celebrate Jay Wright's Villanova and Wildcats. But let's not forget that also he's saying hi to all the very good pups at UConn and Georgetown. It's Austin King, the king of the Big East what up he's created a dream board and found the contact info for each committee member to give them a breakdown of the iowa state cyclones it's kyle sessions (laughs) happy to be here cyclone kyle in the building all right guys we have a lot to get to uh i think the best place to start probably is what's been going on with the belt arkansas nabbed the belt from tennessee what are what are our thoughts on on the updates in belt watch so Arkansas did take the belt from Tennessee this week, um, but but then they went and struggled against Florida a little bit. They did pull it out, um, you know, and, and then going into this coming week, um, they've got some pretty a pretty tough game coming up. I, I think J.D. Note is one of the better point guards in the country, but I don't know if he's enough to handle the backcourt um, with Kentucky. What do you all think? I think he's – Maybe the most important player for any team in the SEC right now. I mean, he is kind of like that heliocentric offensive player uh, that determines whether Arkansas is going to win or not because they just struggle to score points so much. And he takes on such a load uh, in that backcourt because he has to create for himself and no one else is really capable of doing that. Like Jalen Williams is a nice player for sure. Uh, but he is very dependent on Note to create. Um, but do we even know if Kentucky's backcourt is going to play? It's a good question. I'm not 100% sure yet. It's, you know, it's always a game time decision. Yeah, yeah. And then when he does play his guys, Cal's going to be like, mm, shouldn't have played him. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Note is definitely the make it or break it guy, right? He He makes the engine go. Uh, he did have a little bit of foul trouble though against Tennessee, and they were able to take care of business. Uh, I think I think ultimately it's going to come down to are the supporting cast members going to be able to put it together on offense? I kind of I kind of like uh, Devonte Davis as a player, but I think ultimately it's it's time for Jalen Williams to really uh, plant his flag and and stamp stamp his uh, effect on the game. I think Jalen Williams could be a like dark horse Robin for a team that wants to go deep into March. Uh, I think he's making uh, good decisions in terms of shooting wise uh, at the rim. He's he's got a effective field goal percentage at fifty one point six percent. He's he's in the top five hundred in field goal percentage on twos, but also he's a great high motor rebounder and his mm-hmm. comps are great comps. Uh, he's he's listed as a playing a caliber of Kyle Anderson, Nikola Vucevic, Trendon Watford. He could absolutely be one of those forwards that, that, you know, has a hot game that eventually gets a team past a point that we didn't expect him to get. Yeah, I just want to apologize for all the Arkansas fans that I've interacted with this year because of our affiliation with SEC Twitter. Um, I told them they had no chance of being competitive in the SEC, and the last, like, four weeks have just been pretty devastating to that take. They look really, really strong. They're playing playing well, um, on better on both sides of the ball than they have in a while. Um, and I, I don't know. I think their defense has like really locked in. I think Kentucky will have trouble if they are missing any pieces um, in their game. But I also don't see them finishing up strong against teams like LSU and Tennessee either. So I don't know. These next three games are really going to be decisive for them going forward. 
For sure. And we haven't talked about this. They've gone 13 and one in their last 14 games and they started out the SEC slate by losing their first three. They have basically played as the best or maybe the second best team in the SEC since they, you know, they lost to Texas A&M on January 8th. Yeah. So basically most of the month of January and February, they've, they've been at the top of the conference. Yeah, and, and they got a lot of knocks going into conference play for their very, very light uh, non-conference uh, schedule. And I think, honestly, a big thing was they had to get their feet under underneath them against higher-level competition. And, um, yeah, I think the must-bus... Uh, I'm, I'm going to admit something right now, fellas. I love Eric Musselman so GD much that uh, I have bought an Arkansas, Charkansas, Charkansas t-shirt to commemorate... <laughs> Perhaps maybe a special run or perhaps maybe the last run for Eric Musselman in Arkansas. What do we think? Hmm. Oh, could he be the next Louisville Cardinal coach? I just, I feel like it's just makes too much sense, right? The vibe is immaculate. We need a tucked in edit with a Musselman with a white suit on. We'll see if it, if (laughs) if that looks good, he's in. If that doesn't look good, he's, he's out. Ima- the question imagine- is, can Louisville have a coach that's going to rip his shirt off and like show off the abs in front of the Yum Center? Bro, bro, can you imagine a ripped Colonel Sanders? Like, and not just <laughs> that, and not just that, like the the debutantes in the arena just going, oh, I do declare. Like, it's going to be immaculate. It's going to be incredible. I, I just love the idea of you want a high charisma guy as your head coach. You know, mm-hmm. he he has all the charisma, machismo, Bruce Pearl without any of the tarnish. And and that's that's coming from somebody that loves Bruce Pearl. I think Eric Musselman is one of the coolest coaches in college basketball right now. 100%. And the vibes of Louisville are like really bad right now. Uh, that is what probably the least engaged they've been. In- oh, yeah. Oh, years yeah. right josh their attendance is way down compared to it's their historical average the the fa- i i have numerous fan friends who you know from louisville because i lived there for so long and they're all talking about how terrible things are none of them watch the games they're just it's it's very depressing this is not good for college basketball to have louisville mm-hmm. uh, be this bad absolutely not and and what do you even do in louisville when college basketball season is is pointless like you go to the horse races at at churchill downs and spend all your money that you should have been putting on bills probably josh i've got an important question for you we know that your wife is from kentucky is she a louisville fan oh 100 percent. yes she was a born and raised louisville cardinal we are unearthing some of the agenda wow. right now, folks. This is this is not this completely the this public. completely peppers and changes the the seasoning of takes that I've gotten over the last she couple months. She doesn't care at the moment because she is so much a diehard Rick Pitino fan that it makes oh. her oh. It, it, it broke her heart the way that Louisville <laughs> destroyed him and destroyed the program when they got rid of him you met an absolutely Austin should world. never wow. be allowed in the I state of Arizona after hearing that Josh Josh in fact when, when I was talking about she she did actually like Bruce Pearl she she knows who he is um and that's saying something because she really doesn't follow college basketball that much otherwise um, and she thought that would probably be a good fit if he was able to come over. But um, she, her first thought was bring Patino back. Yeah, wow, absolutely. Austin King is going to be wow, wandering down the highways to get down to Arizona. <laughs> oh. I'm going to go up to New Rochelle soon and just look around and try and find any woman that just loves Rick Patino. Oh, you, <laughs> if you went to Louisville, you could probably find, if, if you, yeah, I mean, go to Louisville. Get on Tinder, uh, and and just keep swiping right or I'm whatever it is. T- and turn my bio into Rick Patino <laughs> Stan, looking for Rick Patino Stan. Oh, yeah, Austin twenty something Princeton University. Uh, Rick Patino did nothing wrong. Is the entirety of his bio. You you do very well in Louisville, Austin. I would do great. I love it. I'm gonna move down to Kentucky. Austin's the only person that's like nah. Tinder in the New York metro is not good enough for me. I'm heading down to Kentucky. <laughs> Find me a real woman. <laughs> Get you a Southern <laughs> bale. <laughs> so, 
uh, going back to Musselman, do we do we think that uh, they're going to hold on to the belt this Saturday? No, I no. think Kentucky's going to come in. They're going to get it back. Um, that, you know, that be, that being said, it's it's possible because it's at Bud Walton. Bud Walton um, goes crazy. A, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, that's a hugely ravenous crowd, um, and you know Kentucky could be still struggling with backcourt injuries, but. I still think the cats can go in and get that win. Yeah. I mean, like you I got said, the number one offense versus the number one defense in Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas's offense has been much better in conference play. They're sixth in the sec right now. Kentucky's defense is fifth. So they match up like extremely closely. And I think that the, the vibes of Bud Walton are probably going to push Arkansas over the top, especially if we have a hobbled tie tie and severe, even I- if they play at all. I, I cannot not give the edge to um, 19,000 and some feral hogs going down there and just causing havoc on the <laughs> Woo pig suey. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Conference tourney preview part one. All right, the Atlantic Sun this year uh, is anchored by the Liberty Flames. Their tournament starts on Tuesday, March 1st. Uh, Their championship is going to be on March 8th. It's going to be held at campus sites. And um, the Net and Ken Palm have them ranked as the 23rd or 22nd best conference. Um, The A-Sun, home of everybody's favorite evangelical uni, which is Liberty, led by Richie McKay who has done a fantastic job building up the program. Uh, The Flames are steadied by um, 5'9 senior guard Darius McGee, who averages about almost 24 points a game, four rebounds, uh, almost four assists a game, and he's shooting 44% from three in in conference play. He's got to be one of the most dynamic scorers in the nation. Um, He scored over 25 points 11 times on the year, and he had a 48-point game against FGCU back on the 15th of January. Um, He also had 41 points against Stanford in the Diamond Head Classic, if you guys remember that, back on December 23rd, uh, which went down to the wire. What what, what do you guys think about Liberty? You think this is a team that could uh, have a chance to make a run in the tournament, kind of like maybe Oral Roberts last year with Max Abemus? Similar vibe to Zoro Roberts, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, which one's just... more problematic, Oral Roberts or Liberty? I'll say Oral Roberts because Liberty got us Righteous Gemstones, which is one of the best shows on TV. <laughs> so, similar to how BYU can, you know, put together some really good honor code stuff. We're not doing any cohabitation. We're not drinking. We're not having any sex. We're only focusing on basketball. If that happens, maybe Liberty makes a run. I don't yeah, know. that's worked out for BYU, huh? It works really well. Well, you know, <laughs> Liberty doesn't have a the nation's best program in front of it, so perhaps they have an advantage uh, there. Speaking of speaking of BYU, Liberty took them down to the wire in the Diamond mm-hmm. Classic as well on Christmas Day, and McGee scored twenty nine points in that game. Yeah, so. that's the only game I've watched all season of Liberty, and <laughs> he looked I, really good. Can I ask you, you guys know, a question? How the hell does Richie McKay have better teams at Liberty than he did at Oregon State? (laughs) He was awful at Oregon State. Awful. He got he was so bad he got fired after two years at Oregon State. But he's building a program at Liberty. The the A Sun is not the champion (laughs) champions conference. Austin, I think that's pretty clear. Um, I just. Some, some coaches are built for that small conference role where they can they can get some guys kind of flying under the radar. They can build the program up slowly. And, you know, th- this is a good example of that. Like a guy who flamed out, uh, no pun intended, for the Liberty Flames Ugh. at Oregon Ugh. State. And, you know, look what he's done at, at, at Liberty. He's flaming what's, in. What's the pitch to recruits? <laughs> like, hey, come here and you won't be able to hold hands with my girls. guy. My guy. <laughs> what do you the the pitch to recruits is uh, a pitch that uh, a lot of recruits probably don't have a lot of problems buying into. Yeah. I feel like you know who bought into it. Seth Curry. How the hell That's does right. Seth Curry go to Liberty? Bro, you, you, what you go? Dumb. You go where you get the opportunity to play. Consider, That's the thing. 
100%, yeah, considering and a full ride. <laughs> consi- considering what Del Curry has been up to uh, since the separation, I think he needs to go to Liberty University. <laughs> Seriously. Well, to be fair, the president of Liberty did some of that stuff too. So yeah, yeah why? He so he could cucked. be Jerry Falwell's pool boy or some shit. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh Jerry my Falwell gosh. Legitimately got cucked by his pool boy for like ten years. Which, uh, which that's the pitch. Yeah. See, Oral Roberts was not getting cucked. No. <laughs> that that may have been the issue. Has a cuck ever won an Atlantic <laughs> There's Sun's no title? way we make it through more than one conference at this rate. We're just going <laughs> to roast every school. No, Liberty Liberty has a special place in our hearts to get around. Yeah, absolutely. Fans. Shouts to the Flames. We've got the Big South tournament starting Wednesday, March 2nd. Championship game on the 6th. Noon Eastern, ESPN2. Shout out Josh for digging up all these great uh, uh, previews to these tournaments. Um, I just wanted to take the Big South in this particular situation because I wanted to talk a bit about Winthrop and Garner Webb, both teams I have seen uh, this year, surprisingly. Um, but Garner Webb, you know, we I I won't forget the few years ago when they when they absolutely took Virginia to the wire and we all thought they were going to lose to a second 16 seed. Um, so whenever I get a chance to, to catch a game of theirs, you know, it's, it's a good deal. Um, Winthrop, Longwood, Garner Webb, those are kind of the teams at the top of this conference right now. Um, going into the, into the season, preseason rankings had Winthrop number one. Um, and, uh, surprisingly North Carolina, a, uh, A&T at number two, Garner Webb, number three, that's all kind of falling apart. Winthrop, Garner Webb, both are, uh, Per, I, I think are probably the top two favorites going in. They're twelve and two and ten and four. Longwood's thirteen and one, um, but their defense is really, really bad compared to the to Winthrop and Garner Webb. So we'll see what happens. Um, the only teams that have any real takeover potential in terms of players is probably Winthrop with uh, DJ Burns. Uh, but yeah, other than that, this conference you know seems like it's a, a three headed monster at this point. Um, with those three teams being far and away better uh, than the rest of the conference. Not sure if you guys have anything you want to say about these. Um, No, the only thing I know about the Big South, Kyle, is that Winthrop in 2007 beat uh, the hunchback of Notre Dame, Luke Herringote, in the first round. But outside of that, I legitimately do not know anything about these teams. And look, if you're interested in watching pretty mediocre basketball, this tournament might be appealing. Only two of their teams have positive Ken Palm adjusted efficiency margins. So, you know, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not, that's not the worst. Uh, This is going to be, this is, this is the type of, of tournament where the team that wins this gets their bid and they go get thumped in the first round. That's just how, how it's going to be. All right. Moving on to the horizon conference tourney starts Tuesday, March 1st at campus sites and then transitions to Indianapolis for the semis. The championship is on March 8th, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. They are the 27th best conference by net, 26th best by Ken Palm, and the favorites are Oakland and Cleveland State. All I remember about Cleveland State is that they had Norris Cole back in the day. You guys remember the Cole train? Uh, I sure do. Miami days? Absolutely. Gotta love him. Is there any thoughts that you guys have on either Oakland or yeah. Cleveland State. Oakland has the 23rd best um, three-point percentage uh, defense in the country. Um, they are also the seventh best f- uh, free throw shooting in the country. You know they they've got some talent. They're you know I, I I the thing the thing about these conferences obviously these teams are all middling as far as Ken Palm and analytics and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know Oakland has some history of. of challenging teams um they beat oklahoma state earlier this year um you know they they beat vermont those are some pretty big wins toledo um those are all top 100 in ken palm they have some bad losses like you know milwaukee and (laughs) bowling green um but you know interestingly enough i I just think this this is the type of team that i could see come in to the tournament as like a 15 or a 14 seed and and push somebody i don't know if they're going to beat anybody in the tournament that but they give they can give somebody a little trouble i I say oakland's going to win the horizon this year what what do you guys think i I like oakland's chances i just think cleveland state is just 
on paper a kind of team that that can do well in a conference tournament uh and, and maybe even push somebody up for like 30 minutes in a in a tournament game um they they've got you know a team almost entirely comprised of seniors they've got they got three guys with Tory Patton, Anderson, Miriam Bow, and Chris Green that that share the rock quite well with each other. They're a good rebounding team. They do a lot of things well. They're really great. Uh, they they're a fifty five percent two point shooting team. Uh, they pass the ball well. I think they I think that that consistency could be could be a big a big game changer or, or a determining factor in this. I think ultimately though, I'm just shocked and like disappointed that we didn't get like a cool Patrick Baldwin story like it, it's it's such a bummer that Patrick Baldwin and Patrick Baldwin Jr. aren't aren't going to play in March because they just couldn't get it together and, and Patrick had all those injuries I think it's interesting to think about that from the perspective of everybody's been really excited seeing some of these guys um you know go to some of the smaller schools like Howard Howard has gotten a couple of uh players like that um, recently, and it, they, none of those situations have really worked out, you know. And, and yeah. it, it's kind of sad because it's like, oh, mid majors. Look, see, you don't go to the mid major. You should have gone to Duke, Patrick Baldwin. But I mean, what what would he have done at Duke this year? You know, like would would he be in a better situation or would he be struggling, you know, there as well? So I don't know. Like I I feel bad uh, for him uh, for his draft stock things like that. But and I also feel bad for mid majors because I feel like it's a losing proposition for both, both angles. Yeah. I mean, he came into this season as like a top 10 pick for sure. I mean, he was always in those mock drafts in the top 10 and now you don't even see his name really be mentioned that much. I don't know if he transfers, uh, it'd be hard to leave his dad, but that seems to be the best move if he wants to be a, a lottery pick at this point. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be a lottery pick, but he's still probably a first round pick, even even with some of the struggles and you know injury stuff that he's had to work through. I mean, he's only played 28% of their minutes. He has an 88 offensive rating. Um, he's only shooting. He came in as like a shooter and he's shooting 26% from three. That's not good for a guy that's supposed to be a top 10 pick playing in that conference. And those are the numbers you're putting up. Well, yeah, he's, he's, he's only played in what? 11 eight games. or nine games yeah he's he's been hurt most of the year so yeah a lot of that but when just... he did play it's not like he was good yeah well that's yeah. also that's also milwaukee screwed up and did not secure like top flight guard play to play alongside him i feel like if you're a freshman like patrick baldwin playing on the wing that you you need somebody to consistently set you up to succeed which for is, sure is for sure but i just my i guess my point is i don't think he's gonna ever get that there and so i get wanting to play for your dad but Man, if you want to go make a lot of money in the NBA and have good draft stock, I don't see how you're if you're going to stay uh, if you don't like transfer. Yeah. Does right. anyone uh, think anything about Wright State this year? I know that in the past few years they've been finishing consistently at the top of the conference. Um, you know, they brought in Scott Nagy from South Dakota State, who was a pretty good coach with a little bit of tournament experience when they had Mike Dom. Um, just curious because like they have the according to the ken palm stats they've got two of the better players in the conference and they also have uh the best offense in that conference um in a you know defense doesn't really seem to matter <laughs> in this conference they're all in the mid 200s um in terms of that but i think they might be a team that could come in and win that conference tournament yeah they play everybody super close they all, all of their losses in conference has been within 10 points so Crazy things have happened for sure. All right, uh, moving along to the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, the tournament starts on March 3rd in St. Louis. Um, their championship is on the 6th on CBS. They are the 11th best conference, according to the net and Ken Palm. Um, I would say the favorite coming into the year and really probably still the favorite now would be Loyola Chicago to win the conference. Um their last hurrah in the MVC as you, as you were, because they are leaving to go to the A-10 after this season. Um, this is their first season under Drew Valentine. 
and um, they're top 50 or right around top 50 in the nation in offense and defense. And they took Michigan State to the wire earlier this year, played Auburn pretty tough, and then got a huge win against uh, San Francisco in that spur-of-the-moment game uh, in Utah. Um, you know, I, I think Lucas Williamson is one of the better players in, in the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, what you guys have any takes on Loyola? Uh, they better win the conference tournament. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much my take. Uh, yeah, I feel like they're a team that's that's proven to be re- pretty good, consistent. You know, they're in the top 40 in offense and defense, but ultimately they've kind of played with their food quite a bit in, mm-hmm. in this conference. Like, there's not a lot of like wow factors going on. That that loss to Drake is pretty bad. Two losses to Drake. Yeah, those two losses to Drake. Sorry, that loss to Bradley isn't great. And and ultimately, they're they're not blowing the the doors off against teams like Valparaiso and Illinois mm-hmm. State. Like pretty much yeah. all of the top level competition that they've played uh, is 61 in Ken Palm, Missouri State. They lost 90 in Drake. They lost 96 in Bradley. They lost 90 with Drake. They lost. And then all the other teams are basically 200 plus in Ken Palm. They have really struggled against the best teams in their conference. And as much as I like Lucas Williamson, who I think is one of the best wing defenders in the country, they probably don't have the offensive production to really get it done. They miss that that big that is able to create in a very different way, similar to, you know, the way that maybe playing against a Jokic is and like the way that Cameron Crutwig operated last year. Um, they just don't have a player like that. Yeah, I agree. And I think I could see Missouri State challenging for the championship in this league. Um, mm-hmm. they they already had the road win over Loyal Chicago back in, in January. Um, and they also had two of the league's best players in Isaiah Mosley and Gage Prim. I think Prim is maybe one of the more underrated players in the country. He's mm-hmm. really, really talented, big, um, you know, top 200 and O rating. He's 81st in the country in, tr- in a true shooting percentage. And, um, you know, I-, I think that there's a chance that they could push Loyola down the stretch. Yeah. They got shooters. They're, they're, they're solid uh, down the board. They've got, uh, you know, they've got, six seven guys that played solid minutes for them that has an effective field goal percentage well above 50 percent uh they've their offense is potent enough that they can stick around with anyone mm-hmm. i just wonder you know if they're going to keep that de- that defense up to the to the marks that it takes to beat someone like loyola chicago and also how wild is it that uh there's a legit chance that san francisco makes a tournament and loyola doesn't is that what we thought when we saw when we saw Loyal take down San Francisco afterwards that ga- after that game was it felt like Loyal Chicago was solidly in and that was mm-hmm. a, a big whiff by the Dons. Yeah, I still don't think San Francisco is going to make it, but you know maybe I'm just Ooh. a pessimist at well, this point. And I was gonna I was gonna say when when Josh was listing off some of Loyola's signature wins, I don't know, and I I mean maybe I just had a different opinion of San Francisco um, or that game, but I. I know it was cobbled together at the last second, but I didn't think San Francisco played like particularly well that in that outing. And so, you know, it just, it's like, yeah, they beat them by a couple, but San Francisco in that game looked pretty much as bad as they've looked all year, in my opinion. Um, So I I don't know if that's like enough for me to go on to say that they're going to do well, but I think they do win this conference. I don't see anyone else really challenging them for it. Um, And maybe some of those, woes that they're having in those close games like tuck was bringing up are going to go away when you're in a winner go home type of situation in the conference tournament so we'll see yeah it all comes down to missouri state's three-point shooting if they can get hot they can definitely beat loyola i mean it's just one game um that and that's the thing with all these tournaments that you have to consider is that if there's a team that's a really good three-point shooting team that gets hot on that particular day they're going to get the bid um so uh i wouldn't be shocked if we saw missouri state take down the loyola chicago with the way that they've played in conference play so far another um really really challenging conference uh north <laughs> northeast conference tourney starts uh on monday february 28th their championship game is on march 8th 
Um, this is one of the worst conferences in basketball, 29th in net, 30th in Ken Palm. Um, you know, there's not much to say here. There are three teams that kind of, again, stand out um, just on the metrics. Um, Wagner, uh, Bryant, Long Island all are only dropping a couple of games in conference, 13 and one, 13 and two, um, 10 and six. Again, the only team with an adjusted efficiency of, that's positive is Wagner. Um, they're also the only team that's remotely close to a top 100 in any offense or defensive efficiency rating. Um, I think they're probably the favorites to win. The only other team I've seen play any minutes this year was Merrimack because they played the Zags. So, you know, uh, mm -hmm. this is just a conference that doesn't score the ball. I mean, all of their offense on all of these teams from top to bottom, whether it's Farley Dickinson or Wagner, just struggle to score the ball. Um, and so this is going to come down to just rock, pure rock fighting. Um, but Wagner does have Alex Morales, probably the best player in the conference. Um, so, and all of those teams actually have pretty solid senior players to rely on. Um, so I think this is going to be kind of one of those tournaments where it's just a coin flip at the top, but uh, it seems like Wagner's kind of, solidified themselves as as the best uh as the best team they did lose to merrimack and ot but that's probably just just a fluke at that point so uh that's all i got to say about northeast you guys got anything to add no it's, it's just <laughs> wild that a team can go 13 and one in conference and shoot 25 percent from three yeah that's what <laughs> yeah that that's an interesting thing. Like, like I said, that none of these teams score the ball particularly no. well. So, so honestly, this is a conference for you, Kyle. Yeah, yes, this is a sickos conference. Look, all all I even knew about Northeast Conference was when Farley Dickinson just started appearing um, in like Gonzaga's radars and seedings in the last few years. I think we played them twice. Uh, but yeah, I mean watching these teams is something that you only do if you're an absolute sicko like me so uh shout out to the northeast how uh, would it, would i be made fun of if i pronounced uh wagner university wagner no it's encouraged that'd be funny you would probably become the president of the university <laughs> dude they are the seahawks that'd be pretty tight yeah i know i was just gonna say the fucking wagner seahawks the wagner baby. seahawks all right moving along <laughs> to the <laughs> shout out staten island yeah staten, I, staten island seahawks that is like such an incredible exaggeration for what seagulls are you get some decent pizza over there i hear though yeah, yeah. that's what i just said best yeah. pizza in new york baby <laughs> kyle's so con say that. kyle's so he's like god they suck at offense but they like new york slices defense and slices baby let's go to the northeast Let's All right, moving in. on. <laughs> All right, moving on to the Ohio Valley Conference, home of the uh, Skyline Chili Lovers, I guess. Um, their tourney starts on March 2nd in Evansville, Indiana. Uh, their championship is on the 5th on ESPN2. And uh, they're the 21st conference and uh, best conference in the country by net and 23rd by Ken Palm. Um, there's three pretty solid teams in this league, actually. I think mm -hmm. the favorite has got to be Murray State simply because um, they have an at-large, you know, argument to be made at this point. Um, but Belmont and Moorhead State are also really good as well. Um, Murray could be um, – I, I would say I would say if they were to lose the tournament, this would probably be one of the best candidates for a bid thief. In, in the country, I think, at this oh, point. Oh, certainly. They, For sure. They have to be in the tournament. They've completely just tore up every, everything that's been put in front of them for the most part. And, and a lot of that comes down to K.J. Williams, who is an exceptionally talented uh, 6'10 junior. Um, he's top 220 in O rating. Top, or I'm sorry, top 200 in O rating. He's top 200 in uh, two-point field goal percentage. Um, he's top 100 in offensive rebounding and defensive rebounding percentage. Um, multiple 30-point games this year, including a career high of 39 against Tennessee State uh, like seven to ten days ago. Um, he's averaging about 18 points a game, about nine rebounds a game on the year. Uh, definitely one of the best mid-major players in the nation. And, you know, it's not just uh, uh, Williams who's, who's playing well uh, for Murray. 
Um, they're 29th in Ken Palm, 26th in net. And I have them 19th in the nation right now, actually, in my poll. Um, the highly best experienced. Poll in the country. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, top 40 adjusted O, top 50 adjusted D. Tevin Brown is a very talented guard. Um, he's 6'5, he's a junior. Um, he's averaging about 16 and a half a game, five and a half rebounds a game, 39% from three. Um, and he's just outside the top 200 no rating. And then Justice Hill is the guy that I think could really make this team tick uh, when they get to the tournament. Um, he's a six foot sophomore point guard. He's top 100 in the nation in assist rating, um, top 250 O rating. And he scored 36 points on Belmont earlier this year. Um, I think it's a, it, this is kind of a, a turning point for the Ohio, um, the Ohio Valley Conference as well, because the league is going to lose Murray. Belmont and Austin P this summer. Um, and they're replacing them with division two teams. So the quality of the league is going to drop off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think there's a lot of talent in the league right now, but it's, it's going to get ugly. What, what do you guys think about this, uh, this tournament this year? I just want to let Kyle know right now so that he can prepare uh, Jerry Palm right now has Murray state as a 10 seed going up against his beloved cyclones. As a seven. <laughs> and they're going to get cooked. <laughs> That's going to be a rough day for cyclone Kyle. Wait, I uh, where's, where's that region by the way? That oh, Indianapolis. Be. Oh man. never mind. Murray, I was, Murray travels really well, actually. Murray travels really well, but uh, if I've learned anything, uh, it is that Auburn loves Murray State, and mm-hmm. if Auburn fans are at a Murray State game in this tournament, that's it's cooked. It's over. You got three quarters yeah. of the stadium likely going it's, up against you. It's home court all day long. <laughs> I, I I gotta I'm gonna be truthful here, and this this is gonna sound like I'm against the four big WCC. I'm not, but ultimately I would love. You should be. Be. All right, Kyle. I would love. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Kyle, do you want to do you want to process those feelings about that? I don't know. Um, no, no, no. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying I, I would love for Belmont to make the tournament. Belmont's a solid team, and I'm afraid that if mm-hmm. they don't win this conference tournament, they're not getting in, which, which, like I said, is, is sorry. They're one of the best shooting teams in the country. They're eighth in effective field goal percentage. They're second best two-point shooting team in the country behind, uh, we all know them as uh, the number one team in the country, Gonzaga. Uh, they, they're a solid team with uh, Muzinski, mm-hmm. Ben Shepard. They've got, they've got guys that can get get it done and they played Murray state pretty well in that first matchup and they're going to absolutely need to go into a hostile environment and win again um to, to help their chances yeah currently I, I, they're four and one in quad one and two games too so it's not like they've done poorly against the top teams that they've played i'm going to make the counterpoint here and say that i would actually like to see Morehead state win the, the OBC tournament and get in the tournament. I, I really like uh, Moorhead. Uh, Johnny Broom is really fun to watch. He's really talented, big. Um, one of the better, I would say, in the mid-major part of the country. He's a double-double machine, averaging 16 and 10 on the year. Um, and then they have a really talented young point guard in Talon Cooper, too. So, um, you know, I um, if you all remember back to the 2011 tournament, uh, Moorhead beat Louisville with Kenneth Farid, and then he went on to have a relatively successful NBA career. So, Animal. yeah, I, I think I think Moorhead is a fun school to watch in the tournament, and I would like to see a little bit more of that that uh, magic that they conjured back in 2011. Analytics don't love them. Like, no, no, <laughs> whatsoever. Well, let's be real. The analytics don't love any team that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So. Can we be, can we keep it 100? Did y'all see uh, the Kenpa top five players in the conference? Three of them are Murray State guys. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. why I was like, there's no way Murray State yeah, they're going to win. Sweeping they're going to win. Yeah. They're going to win the conference. Should, should we, should we move on to uh, the Patriot. military industrial complex, the Patriot League? Yeah, you got this one right, Austin. <laughs> Your favorite right. thing. Yeah, I love the military-industrial complex. Uh, I've been known to just love Raytheon. I've just been pumping their stock for years. Um, the Patriot League tourney starts Tuesday, March 1st. Championship is on March 9th. It is the 28th best conference by Net and Ken Palm. The favorites are the Toothpaste Team, Colgate, Navy, and Boston University. Uh, the home of Martin Luther King Jr., where he did his 
PhD. Uh, Colgate is a clear favorite here. They're 14 and two in conference. They're first in offense and second in defense efficiency. Their only loss was to Boston University on the road by four. Um, they nearly shoot 40% from three and they lead the conference at 57% effective field goal percentage, which is quite good. Uh, one of their players, Ryan Moffitt, is fourth in the country in offensive rating. And then they have Keegan Records, who's 52nd in the country. So Colgate is a legitimately good offensive team with very efficient players. Um, Navy is the other real contender. Uh, they have the best defense in the con conference by far. Uh, they're 41st in the country uh, in defense. And the next best defense in the conference is 192nd. So cool. they are far, far better than anybody else when it yeah. comes to defense. So I don't disagree with any of that. Um, I really think though, that if there's, I don't, I'm not wowed by anyone in this conference, obviously, mm -hmm. but I think Boston university might sneakily win this tournament because they've just got, they've got players, man. Question was, was Boston university, the school that, uh, the love interest in social network that dumped Mark Zuckerberg, yes. is that where she went? Yes. I am rooting for Boston university. Yeah. If, if anything, just for that. Is, that scene is incredible by the way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And one of the best opening scenes, I think, in modern cinema. Uh, David Dude. Fincher. David. Uh, David Fincher joint. It's it's a certified Genius. hit. So I love Fincher. So yeah, we're team Fincher. We're team anti Mark Zuckerberg in the metaverse. I I think I want to plant my flag and say Boston University is going to upset get get an upset dub here and win the conference tournament. But also at the same time, they're incredibly volatile. Like they beat Colgate earlier in the year, and then. Uh, they basically lost by, I want to say, like 20 points against them, uh, like last week. So, you know, who really knows what's going to happen? And I'm sorry that we couldn't point you in the right direction. Hey, I got to say, Tuck is a big Terriers guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, also, one of the most slept on single season shows of all time, Terriers on FX. Classic. So, yeah, let's go. Boston, you. Only thing I want to say about the Patriot League is the only team that I can and will root for is lehigh they suck they're not going to win it but i would love to see them win it shout out cj mccollum 2013 duke go lehigh <laughs> why'd you right. say duke twice <laughs> all right moving along to the southern conference uh tourney starts friday march 4th in Asheville. championship on march 7th on espn uh they're the 12th best conference in the nation according to the net and ken palm uh, the favorites this year, probably Chattanooga, but Furman's, you know, they're, they're all right. Um, Chattanooga's 70th in the net right now, 80th in Ken Palm. Uh, they're 22 and seven on the season. They got big wins over VCU, Middle Tennessee, and they beat Furman twice in, in league play. Um, they're top 16 adjusted offense, um, effective field goal percentage and offensive rebound, uh, rebounding percentage. And while they're not uh, known as a, as a particularly tough defensive team, they are 40th in the country in three-point field goal defense. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, the thing that really makes them special, though, uh, mm. outside of the, the analytics, is that they trot out one of the best players in the league in Malachi Smith. And honestly, I would say one of the more underappreciated players in the country. No, yeah, he's insane. Easy. Yeah. Uh, he's a 6'4", super soft, uh, three-year sophomore, uh, former transfer from Wright State, and he is an automatic bucket. Uh, dude has scored 25 points in nine games this season. Um, he had a career high of 36 points against, against Murray State, who we just talked about back on December 18th. Um, Belleville, Illinois native. He's averaging 20.6 points a game, um, six and a half rebounds a game, three assists per game. And uh, just really like uh, torching it from outside, almost 40% on the season. Um, what do you all think about Chattanooga? You think the mocks might make some uh, noise in the tournament? Uh, I think so, maybe. But I'm also interested in their nickname. Like there's they 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 changed it because it was pro potentially problematic because they decided to go from a water moccasin snake to chief moccasin, which, you know, Hmm. uh interesting call there's there's some dis there's uh uncertainty of the origin of the team name but i gotta say uh 
As someone that uh, does not always make uh, 100% effort on everything he does, I got to appreciate a team going from moccasins to mocks. And like, do you think they call their jerseys mocks? Uh, maybe smocks. <laughs> okay, cool. I would, I would be into, I would be into that. Um, uh, uh, but like, also, what's the idea of having a team named after a shoe? Because they, they, they did change the logo for a little bit, and it was a shoe. Um, I mean, if you want to get down to that, what, what about the New York Knickerbockers? Then, oh yeah, that's super <laughs> stupid too. Like, I, I don't know. I, I want to root. I. I want to root for whatever team. Like there was a minor league baseball team that uh, changed their name to the like hurling ch- chancletas after like a, what abuelas would throw at their misbehaving kids. So like more shoe teams, the better. Better for my drip. Better for my fandom. Yeah, yeah. like for all these teams that nobody knows about, they should just have absurd names with cool merch. Yeah. Like the Portland Pickles, for example. Oh, they're yeah. absolutely killing it in Portland because they have dope merch and a very stupid name and it's fantastic that's what all of these programs should be going for that's the brand play i mean i mean minor league baseball is is a certified hit maker in a lot of ways and what what better way to talk about amateur athletics or semi-amateur athletics than also the other athletes that are also horribly paid <laughs> look shout, unionize shout the minor out, leagues shout out to chattanooga it's a it's a quaint cute little town uh, right on the border of Georgia and Tennessee, uh, hometown of Usher Raymond, R&B God. Um, you know, I, Wait, Josh, right. is, Josh, is Chattanooga your second choice for vacationing right after Cincinnati? Oh, yeah. Ch- Chattanooga. I love the sea cities. That's that's what I get sure. off on. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's a, a grand total of like two and a half two hours two and a half hours to dollywood like it's it's a beautiful town like how could you not uh i recently uh took a road trip through through the uh smoky mountains and i gotta say that whole region fuego i was just gonna say that um my family talks about chattanooga because they're from tennessee and they they say that you can ski near there which i find just shocking so you know, that's the only thing I have about Chattanooga. Other than I wanted to comment on your point, Tuck, the mocks. Wasn't it just last year that Michigan State was going to sell their team name to Rocket Mortgage or something like that? I think the yeah. mocks are, are really setting up something here. They're looking for that Minnetonka sponsorship or something. Ooh, you know? I like that. Like, or like, what if we ha- what if we had like some Clark's mocks? Some like, Clark's mocks, dude. We get some... We get- we or, had some cool desert boots on the court. Or, like they dunked in, they dunked in Tim's during the All Star. Shout out Cole Anthony. <laughs> what about what about the uh, the mocks brought to you by Crocs? Oh, mock Crocs. Oh, that is also like the number one leisure shoe for athletes now. Yeah, so. or maybe maybe the team maybe you just leave the mocks behind and you rename the team the Crocs. That'd be interesting. Just Perfect don't name them. Why, why haven't we seen a company like that just? basically drop the bag for a school to change their nickname because to... we've been pretending that we were we're all into amateur athletics and academia sell out yeah Just we're really really worried about out. them getting four years of education austin don't yeah, drop that don't nil bag confuse this gonzaga crypto world here we come <laughs> the crypto.com bulldogs let's go so moving on to the Sun Belt conference a, a conference that is uh currently ranked uh 16th in Ken Palm and the net. So some consistency there. They're playing in Pensacola, Florida, starting uh, Thursday, May- March 3rd. So basically the be- uh, the two best teams, so that isn't shown necessarily in the conference standings, are Texas State, who's 11-3 and in the conference, and um, South Alabama, the Jaguars, who are 8-7. Uh, they, just, they just lost to Texas State on Wednesday night. Basically... These are the two teams that are clearly the best in terms of uh, Ken Palm efficiency margin and net. They've both proven that they're vulnerable, though. Texas Texas State dropped games to Arkansas State and UT Arlington earlier in the season before going on what is now an eight-game winning streak. 
they're led by two two senior guards, Caleb Ashbury and Mason Harrell, and uh, they they also have a uh, a couple other uh, helpful members of the team. Basically, they're a team comprised of entirely Texas State commits, uh, which is pretty rare for for a, a mid major conference to be entirely guys that have been there from day one. Um, their dangers from three is a big thing, and why I think Texas State basically can handle that conference. Uh, Caleb Ashbury is shooting 37% off of over 122 attempts. South Alabama has more of an impressive eye test earlier on in the season. They played Wichita State and Alabama super, super close. Ultimately didn't get uh, any wins out of it. Uh, but also they've dropped four games in the last like month, including an 18 point loss to Appalachian State. Uh, their two best players, unlike Texas State, are two guys from the SEC. That's JJ Chandler, who played at Texas A&M, and Charles Manning, who played at LSU last year. They both take around 28% to 32% of the team's possessions. It's clear that they're the more dominant players on their team, but they also have help from transfers from Auburn and TCU and Javon Franklin and Deontay Smith. I can absolutely see a third team, though, coming in, whether that's Appalachian State or Coastal Carolina or Georgia State even and uh, disrupting this this battle. But it, if there's a dark horse, I really like South Alabama. Really? Because I kind of like Texas State. I like uh, Harrell. I think he's a really underrated guard in that system. Um, he's, you know, relatively decent score. He's, he's like top 170 in the country in O rating. And then mm-hmm. Asbury also like really consistent, really um, level-headed player. And, you know, I think they move the ball pretty well. I, I, I like, I like Texas state. Yeah. I like, sorry. I, I just meant a dark horse team in the tournament that could disrupt ah. Texas state. I think Texas state ultimately should win that conference and should win that conference tournament. They, they had the most impressive resume so far, and they've been the most consistent. And, you know, they seem like a super fun team. Like, uh, just recently, uh, Shelby Adams got married uh, in the middle of the season. And basically, he had an off day, went and got married, and had to drive back to practice that same day. And none of his teammates were in the wedding because they were – all at practice or or dealing with team facility stuff so like you can tell that this is just a fun mid-major team that seems to seems to be pretty tight in terms of like camaraderie they're all like i said texas state guys through and through so yeah you think that that's camaraderie to not go to your teammates wedding well they were they were giving him crap for it they were like why didn't you why didn't you let us know about it like they were like what the hell (laughs) he just didn't tell them he He didn't tell them because he didn't yeah he he didn't tell them he wanted he wanted to basically like get it done and get back because like frankly he's he's now wide the grind yeah, they're grinders. I'm, I'm curious, Tuck, would you say that their honeymoon is going to be happening in New Orleans this year? Uh, I think their honeymoon's going to happen uh, <laughs> in Pensacola for the week <laughs> after the tournament. <laughs> I th- one other thing that I think is interesting about Texas State, too, is that even though they're, they're like overriding adjusted offense and defensive numbers don't necessarily jump off the page to you, um, they're a top – uh, about just about a top 30 team in the country for three point shooting uh, at 37%. Um, and they are a top 30 team in the country on defense for turnover percentage. So they're, they're kind of like one of those sneaky, like three and D teams that like those, those types of intangibles that you, you kind of like to see that when you get into the tournament with matchups, um, I could see this team win the Sun Belt and then maybe get a big upset in the, in the NCAA tournament. So that's a team to keep an eye on. That that'd be that'd be wild. And like it's it's super interesting too because they're a good three point point shooting team. They're shooting thirty-seven percent. But also Ashbury, their main three point shooter, is shooting over twice as many threes as anyone else on the team and hitting at a high mark. So potential scary Kemba candidate, unless if if the grad assistant for whatever major conference team doesn't do their homework. <laughs> okay, so that's a preview of some of the tournaments that are starting next week. But in terms of uh, bigger players, perhaps bigger fish in the college basketball landscape, not only do we have to pay attention to the belt, but we also have to pay attention to a major wager made between two podcast co-hosts, Austin King, Josh Linke. On the last episode, Josh and 
Austin made a bet on the Providence Friars. Austin, a classic pure believer of the Friars, wears pink to support his team. Tried to say that Providence would win three of their next four games to close out, win the Big East, likely. Josh didn't buy it. Josh, Josh said, no way in hell. Too, too many of their games have been close. Well, Providence right now in those four games, they're two games in, 2-0. and But granted, <laughs> one point win over 139 Butler in overtime. And I'm sure by now you've heard about the chaos that was their game against Savior. Look, all I've got to say is that God gives his greatest test to his greatest soldiers. And that's Ed Cooley and the Providence Friars. (laughs) Let's be clear. When the Israelites tried to fight their way into the promised land, was it easy? No, it wasn't. They had some close calls in the desert for 40 years. Oh, it wasn't easy for them? (laughs) I've heard nothing but how easy it's been for them. Providence is coming through in the clutch over and over again. Jared Bynum is legitimately one of the best guards in the Big East. He had 27 points tonight. AJ Reeves was awesome. You had contributions from Horkler. Watson was solid. Durham is one of the best clutch players in the game. He had 13 tonight. They have been buoyed, yes, by maybe some plagues that were used by the Lord tonight, um, bringing some water to, you know, quelch xavier's push at the end of the game mm. um in the dunkin donut center um but <laughs> god he's in the dunkin donut center <laughs> all right look 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 let's stop the tape for a second because this providence love fest is getting a little outrageous we got a team here who has out of their last four games lost to villanova been taken to ot by depaul been taken to ot by butler and then three overtimes by a fading and i mean fading Xavier program. This team is, it's living up to the luck ranking that Ken Palm has for him at number one in the nation. There's nothing about this team that I buy. I don't think this team is top 10 in the country. I definitely don't think it's top 20 in the country. Shoot, I'm probably going to move out of my top 25 in my poll this week. I'm tired of it. We're done with the Friars. Let's move on to the Jesuits. Screw the Dominicans. We're done. Bro, you just will not admit that you were wrong. You said they were going to, it was more likely that they would go one in three than when go three and one. And no, I said it's more likely they've already got their one. (laughs) I said it's more likely they would go one in three than four and oh, but I said that they're most likely going to go two and two. And their two toughest games are still on the schedule. Two and oh. Creighton and Villanova. Two and oh. Josh, you don't think they're top 10. When clearly their divine number is seven because they are perfect and good. 100%. The blasphemy on this podcast is absurd. We're going to get smited. Blaspheming God's team, bro. I, I, I am all about the Jesuits, sir. I am a Jesuit believer through and through. I will always root for the Jesuit university over the Dominican friars. All I can say is a guy like Jared Bynum is shooting 45% from three. And if there's a close game and he takes a final shot, there's a good chance he's going in. That's all Paul, I'm going to say. are you going to join me did on you this just, Did you just say wagon? that? Did you say there's a good shot it's going in if he's an under 50% shooter? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. The math like, checks that, out. The math, dude, the math God's is there. Math. It's right there. Look, I went to law school for a reason. I can't add, subtract, multiply, or divide. But Exactly what, what you want to hear do, from your agent doing contract deals. <laughs> what I can do, that's what for the paralegals, Tuck. I signed uh, the, the document. Busy okay? work. Busy work, baby. <laughs> you do any that's, work. That's what Kyle? Meghan Markle what does for purpose? me, okay? That's paralegal work. Uh, Kim Kardashian. Uh, Kyle just destroyed the entire <laughs> law industry in like two seconds. Oh, yeah. It was Kyle. It was going really well until <laughs> Kyle opened well. It had nothing to do Everyone with Rudy Giuliani. It was literally now. me. It was not Dershowitz or Giuliani. It was Kyle Sessions. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, number uh, one number one uh, industry for people to be well-liked. Uh, attorneys. Attorneys. Absolutely. No, I mean, I'll That's join you, Tuck. I'm, I'm riding right? with the Providence Friars. I'm, I'm with you, Tuck. Because honestly, all the other teams in the Big East make me sick. So, mine as <laughs> wow. well. Just, wow. No, it's, wow. 
I'll take I'll take I'll take Georgetown on some days, but they're terrible. So you know, well, just right now just wait, Providence. just wait until Tuesday next week when Tuck has to decide between Villanova and Providence. And what happened to being Hall in? Now you're just all right. of a sudden you're. I haven't Hall heard about out. Seton Hall in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sorry, Bryce Aiken's not playing, and I know you think there's a conspiracy theory <laughs> about a concussion, but I'm sorry, the man's Tuck, injured. Play man eater for us. <laughs> We have two games left for the Friars to, uh, for Josh Linke's hopes to be answered that the Friars aren't for real. They play Creighton on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And if they win that game, Josh, 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 are you high on uh, the, the folks in Omaha? Of course. But that being said, Ryan Nemhard did potentially break his wrist tonight. So, yeah. I don't know. Either way, I think Providence has already proven they're a fraud anyways. Providence Take, uh, proved that they're a fraud. By fraud by two, sub, two sub-100 teams taking them to overtime. Villanova winning at the dunk. I mean, it's, it's you know, yeah, the, the vibes in Providence are a little overrated at the moment. If that was not a concession, I, I'm not sure what is. Thank you for listening to the New Bloods podcast. We'll be back at the beginning of next week to break down more conference tournament action. We're going to talk a little bit about the WCC and what their hopes are, as well as talk to a special guest. All right. Thanks a lot.